Hey everybody, welcome back to Finance in the Flash. On this episode, we talk about one of the most popular topics in all the financial planning world, 401ks. We go over 401k FAQs, how much money should you save to a 401k? 3%, 10%, 15%. We break that down for you later in the podcast. We also go over the tax benefits of contributing to a 401k. We then transition into what kind of investment options do you have to pick from within a 401k? Granted, it can differ, but what should you be looking for within your plan? We also go through what happens if you have a new job, start a new job, and you have an old inactive 401k. What can you do with that? Can you roll it over to a new 401k? Can you roll it over to an IRA? We break that down for you later as well. As always, make sure you know your beneficiary designations on all your accounts, especially your 401ks. It's forgotten the most. We hammer that at least three or four times within the podcast because it's so important. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to Finance in a Flash. Let's go. All right, everyone, welcome back to Finance in a Flash. Have Chip here, and we are going to go over a, I feel very, uh, very much of a buzzword topic when it comes to financial planning or, you know, if you're still in the workforce, which is 401ks. But first, uh, world's obviously chaotic, gearing up to election time. I think everyone um, starts to get a little on edge, but uh, Chip, how's it holding up? Uh, it's holding up great for me. Uh, it's nice. The weather has is, is finally gotten a little bit better and uh, no humidity here and football season is in full force. It's uh, It's great to see the games and, and I know that uh, you and I talk about that a lot and uh, it's it's it gives us something to to escape to I think yeah definitely my uh, not that anyone cares but I have three uh, fantasy teams that are in first or tied first but no one cares <laughs> but I just you know I thought I would just share that information um, not only you know podcast host but a fantasy football manager but Nick well. I, I realized a long time ago that fantasy football is just pure luck it, it doesn't <laughs> it, it takes no skill to, to do that's kind of like the NCAA pools you know it's, oh like the bracket yeah yeah we had uh, we had Stephanie went in our office uh, was it two years ago and I don't know if she's watched a NCAA basketball game in years <laughs> probably <laughs> and not. I watched every single one and I came in like dead last so <laughs> take with that what you will but it's better to be lucky than good I think that's absolutely what they say. no doubt anyways getting back to 401k so I feel this is very familiar with a lot of people they might not know the ins and outs but I feel that almost everyone at least has heard of a 401k before but just to give a refresher to everyone listening chip if you could explain to us what actually what is a 401k yeah so a 401k actually is a an account generally that is created by your employer who um, you know establishes this account for all of their employees and they've set up this plan and it allows employees to defer money into it on a systematic and recurring basis perfect so a lot of people say you know does my, I don't know if my company matches. Uh, my company does a 3% match. They do a 50% match up to 6%. They throw on all these terms. But generally speaking, when, for example, a company matches your 401k contributions, can you explain just kind of what that what that means? I mean, it's, it's simple in it of itself, but there are a few stipulations to that depending on the company. Yeah, so every company is a little bit different. 
And, um, you know, first of all, a 401k plan, um, it's basically you, uh, your employer, whenever it, uh, you are paid your uh, paycheck, uh, the employer, if you've decided to contribute to a 401k plan, kind of holds the amount of money that you want to contribute to the plan back and then forwards that money along with a company match, usually, uh, to the 401k vendor. And 401k vendors, I mean, uh, it could be anyone from Fidelity. Uh, I know Fidelity is probably the largest, uh, but Vanguard, Schwab, they all, T. Rowe Price, they all have uh, options for 401ks. But basically, the employer is responsible for withholding the money from your paycheck and forwarding that money to the 401k vendor. Perfect. So let's say, you know, what would be, I guess, ballpark? How, how much should, I know this is kind of a general question, maybe hard to answer, but I guess, is there a baseline to how much uh, you would suggest for people to save to their 401k? Let's say, you know, their company, you know, they match 8% themselves, their company matches, you know, 4%, you know, that's 12% total? Is that too much? Is that too little? Is there a specific baseline that you normally have? Uh, well, that's a good point. And I'll tell you that uh, at the, the bottom line is the sooner that you start deferring money into this plan, that dictates how much you have to save. Now, there's a number of rules of thumb. I would say that, you know, I would love to see everyone contribute at least 10% of their um income into a 401k plan. Um, but it depends, you know, I, the maximum, I'll tell you this, the maximum for 2020 that an individual can contribute is 19,500 if they're below the age of 50. Uh, but if you're above the age of 50, you can contribute up to 26,000 this year. But, you know, we ideally, we like to see people contribute at least 10% of their uh, pre-tax income into a 401k plan. I think that gives you a good start. Now, as you progress in your career and as your situation change and personal circumstances change, you may have to increase or sometimes you have to decrease that amount. But I think a good target would be at least 10 percent. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's that's good. And I think it really is important to harp on, you know, let's try saving as early as possible because, you know, the power of compounding is incredible. And for me, it's a lot easier to save something like that because, you know, it's taken directly from my paycheck. I never see it. I don't have to physically put money into an account myself. You know, we'll talk about investment elections later, but the money's just simultaneously taken out of my paycheck. It's put into investments that I elected and don't have to worry about it. And it just keeps, you know, growing and growing and growing as, as time goes on. It's really, I feel one of the, really maybe the easiest way to save for retirement, in my opinion. It absolutely is the easiest. It's uh, it's already there. It's been created. I think most uh, companies, the form is maybe one page that you have to complete, and maybe two if you include the beneficiary designations. But it's a, a very simple and straightforward way to accumulate wealth over time, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And it, if listen, if you have a match. And I've seen it not been used. Everyone say, well, who wouldn't use a match? People don't really understand what, you know, your employer matching your contributions, but everyone, please get that match. It's a le- it's, I mean, it's like we talked about before we came out, it's literally free money. It's the only I mean, it's, free, it's, it is absolutely <laughs> free money. It's, yeah. and your employer wants you to take advantage of that. It's, it's, 
you know, it's a cost to the company. But uh, boy, lots of studies have shown that uh, as employer employees are happier when they get this match and when they contribute uh, and start accumulating uh, this bucket of money that's that's available to them uh, in retirement. It's just a great a great system all around. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And now let's shift gears a little bit. So there can be some tax benefits associated with 401ks as well. And if you could just kind of outline a few or how, you know, contributing to a 401k may improve your tax situation per se. Yeah. So every time you can make a contribution into a 401k, you are um, basically contributing pre-tax dollars into the 401k. So you're basically not having to pay tax on this money that is deferred into the 401k itself. In addition, when once money is in the 401k, it can earn dividends and grow over time, and that money is also not taxed, so it's, it's deferred. Um, now, eventually, when you uh, are in retirement and you turn that spigot on to start taking money out of a 401k, at that point it is taxable. But of course, you're retired, and oftentimes people are in a, are in a much lower tax bracket uh, than in their earning years when they're working. And so you're basically deferring money, taxable income, into this uh, account when you're in your higher earning years and you're taking money out when you're in your lower earning years. And so it's just a great way uh, to accumulate uh, funds that are tax-advantaged. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that, that that is a, a great way. And I think it's important to keep in mind, we are going to have to pay that tax, you know, eventually if we do traditional 401k route. Now, there is another option that a lot of people utilize. You can also, under most plans, I would say, I don't know if all of them, but you can cont- contribute to a Roth 401k, um, which could you outline, I guess, the the difference between contributing to a traditional 401k and a Roth 401k virtually I would assume you know it's the same as an IRA versus a Roth IRA correct it is i mean the 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 difference between the two is a traditional 401k money goes into that plan pre-tax so it's never subject to uh, income tax when you defer into a for a traditional 401k when you defer into a the Roth segment of a 401k plan the funds are taxed first, and then they go into the 401k uh, as the Roth. So uh, the decision of whether to do the traditional or the Roth is really dependent on, well, it's personal personal preferences one, but it's also depending on your current tax rate versus your expected future tax rate. And there are a lot of people out there who think right now that tax rates are likely to rise just based on the fact that, you know, the country's assumed quite a bit of debt and uh, we're operating at a deficit. And so their expectation is that in the future, tax rates may be higher. I don't necessarily agree with that assumption. I think we kind of have to, we don't know what's going to happen with taxes going forward. So really, you just have to make the decision is what's best for you at this point in time in your life. And that is for most people, you know, they're better off deferring uh, money into the traditional 401k component relative to the Roth 401k component. Correct. And I guess the situation I would put out there, you know, for me, who I would say would be categorized as relatively young, 25th birthday coming up soon. Um, But for example, hopefully, you know, 
later in my career, I will be making more money than I am now, as is the case with most people who work. So for someone in a situation like I am, or potentially you, you know, start a new job and you're not making a lot of money right now, it may be better to kind of maybe pick a Roth IRA to contribute money to now if you're in the lower income earning tax bracket, even if you think taxes are going to go up. I think it, you know, a lot of people should think about is it worth taking a chance on getting taxed now while I'm probably making less than I will in the future. Yeah, right. And, you know, of course, the the match contribution is always going to go to the traditional side anyway. So, you know, you're, you're some people, it just may be, they may be better off by contributing to the Roth early in their career and then transitioning at some point, uh, depending on where they are in the uh, tax brackets to uh you know, the, the traditional 401k component for sure. Yeah, perfect. Um, so now that we've kind of established what is a 401k, um, going through like traditional versus Roth 401k, now let's go into once we've established which one we want to use, what do we put our money in? Because you do, you know, you have to select which funds you want to go to. I know there are certain uh, plans that have default investment options that if you don't select something that they'll just put it into an investment option for you. But how should people think about, okay, there's 45 funds on a sheet of paper. I know what three of them kind of mean. Where should I go from here? Yeah. And that is the hard part. I'll tell you this just as a, uh, some background with 401k plans, there is a fiduciary behind the scenes that decides on appropriate investments to include in the 401k plan, okay? So, and they have a personal uh, liability to ensure that they make uh, good choices for the plan participants and to make sure that the investment choices there are adequately diversified. There's enough choices depending on a, a variety of investment objectives that internal expenses are in check and all of those things. So uh, there is a committee, or it's an investment committee that's behind the scenes with every 401k plan that makes sure that there's a certain quality criteria that's in place for every investment that's uh, held and eligible to invest for participants. Now, with that being said, you know, uh, there are various risk return uh, requirements and uh, attributes in each investment that is within the plan. So you may see, you know, an emerging markets fund. Well, that is a fund that invests in, you know, uh, companies that are domiciled in countries where uh, they're just maybe they don't have uh, solid accounting principles and that sort of thing. So it's, it is riskier. But keep in mind that there are also investments that and I know we talked about this beforehand, Nick, the, that there are investments that's more geared towards uh, a target retirement date. And oftentimes those uh, are options. And um, I know that, that that's something that people should also consider. Yeah, for for sure. And so I guess, and, and I guess a little breakdown of what those target retirement date funds are is that, so essentially there'll be, for example, Vanguard Target Retirement Date Fund 2040, which is 20 years from now, let's say. So I plan to retire in 20 years. And over time, let's say right now the asset allocation is 80% stocks, 20% bonds, a little bit more aggressive, still have 20 years to go. And as each year each year you get closer and closer to retirement, you want to withdraw in that money sooner and sooner. The investments get a lot more conservative because we don't want to be taking a ton of risk right before 
we enter retirement going to take the those funds out. So that's essentially what a target retirement date fund is. Brief overview. Yeah, and that's a good description. And keep in mind that even though this is one mutual fund, uh, inside that fund, there may be 10 other mutual funds with different objectives. So there may be a mutual fund that invests in, you know, U.S. stocks. There may be a, a mutual fund that invests in U.S. bonds. There may be global bonds. There may be, you know, all kinds of different uh, mutual funds inside. So it's a very diversified choice and one that I think that most people, uh, especially if you're not very familiar with investing, you know, that's kind of a good uh, default choice, I think. Yeah, that, I, I think it's it's honestly a great choice, especially if you're not very familiar with investment options or investments in general. I think that's a great choice. And one thing uh, I want to mention that you brought up in our previous conversation, um, you know, t- today before we pop popped on is that we see a lot of people invest in newer people contributing to 401ks, invest in funds that have the best return from the past one year, five year, you know, one year, three year, five year, when that's not always the best option. I mean, I see it, you know, we see it all the time. So, well, why wouldn't I pick this fund? It has the best return. Well, because if that was the case in past performance directly predicted every single thing that was going to happen in the future, investing would be a lot easier, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> I mean, you know, the markets, the investment markets are very cyclical. And so, you know, you know, one year you may see small cap companies do really well. Well, well, the next year they may not do as well. And so you really have to pick investments that uh, are fully diversified and a number of funds that occupy different market segments and even have some bond exposure, you know, even, you know, for younger investors, you may want to have at least a little bit of bond exposure. And then, you know, you can also take advantage of the most plans have an automatic rebalance feature. And so you can go in, click this box, and let's say you contribute 20% to five different mutual funds. Well, the automatic rebalance will, over time, automatically correct uh, your allocation. And so it's kind of a an you know, a cruise control way to invest in a 401k. And, um, and it can, uh, that automatic rebalance kind of keeps in check the risk return attributes um, and rebalances automatically. That's, that's kind of um, what that does. And that's a good choice for most people. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, so now we've kind of figured out the investment option. I think the last piece is just if you could touch quickly on your beneficiary designations when it comes to your 401k, which is potentially maybe the most important thing about your 401k. If you get nothing else from this podcast, please get this because I can't, and I know Nick, you and I are sticklers on this. Every time we're meeting with a client or get a new client and we're reviewing their 401k plan, one of the first things we want to know is who are the listed beneficiaries. I can't tell you the number of times where they're incorrect. Either a person does not have a beneficiary listed at all or the beneficiary is the wrong person. You know, we found a couple of occasions, uh, many occasions actually, where a ex-spouse is listed. Yep, or a lot. you know, or a parent is listed in a situation where you know you're married and you've got children, and so you know that's the last thing you want to do, and and that's uh, a huge mistake that people make. That's very very common. So just go in and check and make sure that beneficiary designation is what you want, because you know no one expects to to die early, but 
we've seen it happen before, and you know, uh, it's just a bad situation to leave your family in. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's a great point. Honestly, check your beneficiary designations on everything. <laughs> yes, no doubt. Yeah, life I mean, insurance just, policies as well, for sure. Yeah, because that we have seen that a lot. Where you know, unfortunately, people do get separated, divorce sometimes, and their ex spouse is the beneficiary on literally everything. So, and their new spouse is not. <laughs> so, uh, it uh, can definitely come up. So, now that we have all that kind of info, I wanted to end on this topic that a lot of people have questions about. Let's say I start a new job, you know, start a new job, love my job, but in my previous job, I had a 401k that is now inactive, not contributing to. Now I have a new 401k. What can I do with the old one? Can I roll it into my new 401k? I, you know, can I just leave it there? Should I roll it into a rollover IRA? I guess, what are my options if that old 401k does exist? What can I do with that? Well, I think this is something that you need to be very careful about if you're um, thinking about making a change there. Um, To me, the first thing that you should consider is rolling that account into your active 401k plan. So if the new plan allows for rollovers uh, or transfers into the 401k plan, you should at least explore that and think that through. Are the investment choices adequate? Are they uh, cost-effective? Uh, it will that will the new investment choices in the new plan meet your needs and if so, consider moving that into that account. Um, some people will also think about moving money into an IRA, and you know that could be good for some people, but it could not be as favorable for others. And there's a number of different uh, reasons not to roll over into an IRA, and it's. Uh, you know, beyond the scope of this podcast, but, you know, be very careful with any changes there. Um, but, I, you know, I do like at least exploring rolling over into the new 401k. It consolidates the accounts. It streamlines your asset allocation. And let's be honest, I mean, I, we've people have forgotten 401k plans. You know, they worked at a place for three years when they were in their 20s, and now they're in their 60s, and they've forgotten it. They've forgotten they've even had it. And so, you know, I just want to make sure that people are aware of, you know, the good thing to do there. And we want to make sure that you consolidate when you can and simplify. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's a that's a great point. It's always better to have less accounts and more accounts, in my opinion. Um, Sure thing. I mean, it's uh, just easier to keep up with. and all sorts of that. So, I mean, I think that pretty much covers it, Chip. I know um, we kind of went through a lot there, and hopefully we uh, dissected it pretty well. Was there any closing thoughts or anything you wanted to add to the last portion? Nope. I think that the bottom line is contribute to the 401k, get the employer match at a very bare minimum. Um, you use If you are unfamiliar with the investment side of things, think about the um, target retirement date funds. They're a good choice for most people. And then let uh, the power of compounding work for in your behalf. And and it takes a little while to, to do it if you're just starting out, but eventually it's it's amazing how it works. You look down and, you know, 10 years have passed and you've got a nice bucket of money that's there that's for you. And it's just a, a, uh, the strength and the power of compounding is amazing to watch over time. Yeah. Perfect. And two closing thoughts. Get your employer match and have your beneficiary designations. Absolutely. If you don't, if you've zoned out for every single thing that we said, listen to those two things, you'll be fine. (laughs) 
<laughs> Great. All point. right, Chip. All right. Well, I think we uh, we covered everything, and I appreciate you coming on. And uh, let's find us in the flash. Thanks for listening. Thank you.